Hi, and a very warm welcome to episode 7 of Speaking Naturally. I'm Edwin Marr, and before we start talking on the phone, which is the subject of this week's podcast, I want to acknowledge an email from one of our listeners. His name is Xu Zheng, and he lives in Shanghai. Xu Zheng has asked for advice about accent reduction. I'm going to do a complete episode on this topic and arrange, hopefully, anyway, an interview with an accent reduction expert because it is a very specialised area in which many people want help. But that's for a future episode. Now, before we get into this week's topic, I want to know how you went with uh, exploring the pitch of your voice, which was covered in my previous episode. You'll find that the further you take your voice down and the higher you go up will vary from day to day. But it does give you the opportunity to expand your vocal range when speaking naturally by tapping into the area beyond and above the narrow width we normally use. The intonation or variation of your pitch will make your conversations and presentations more dynamic as you become familiar and more confident in delivering the goods and holding the attention of the listener. Oh, I think someone wants our attention now. Hello? Sorry, I can't speak to you now. I'm podcasting. Podcasting. I'll explain later. Bye. Let's put this all in context with a brief story from my own personal history. When I was growing up in New Zealand in the 1950s, the telephone certainly played an important part in most people's lives, but some families, including ours, didn't have one. I have no idea why, because domestic phone calls were free. There was only the installation and rental fee to pay, although it was expensive to make a trunk or toll call, and if you wanted your own private number, that meant making an application and a long wait. Most remained on what was called a shared or party line. The word party taken from American culture, referring to a person or people. You'll know what I mean if you've ever heard the classic comedy routines of telephone operator Ernestine, played by Lily Tomlin, when she asked, Is this the party to whom I am connected? only, of course, in her distinctive New York accent. Well, eventually, my parents literally joined the party, and I can remember the day the phone was installed and still recall our number, 86150, or zero, which is quite a feat all these decades later because I was never good at remembering numbers when doing maths at school. Well, every subscriber on a party line was designated a special ringtone. Ours was sounded in three bursts, long, short, long. So when we heard a long tone or a ring, quickly followed by a short burst, then ending with another few seconds longer, we'd rush to pick up the receiver. Other people had two short rings, or just one long ring, depending on how many subscribers were on the party line. From memory, I think there were five people on ours, and it was easy to mistake their ring for yours, and vice versa. 
So if you picked up the phone thinking it was for you, your ears immediately pricked up when they heard a conversation. Etiquette determined that if you did eavesdrop by accident, let alone on person, on someone else's conversation, you should apologise and put the receiver down, or best still say nothing and put the receiver down quietly, not to make a sound. However, you can only guess whether everyone played by the rules and didn't listen in for at least a second or more. After all, this was a small town and everyone knew, or thought they did, about everyone else. Suddenly, the telephone took on a more direct role in our family life. My father was manager of a department store, but when it was taken over by a bigger chain, he quit rather than work for the competitor. A job came up at the local telephone exchange, which was the technical or control centre for connecting local subscribers with each other. And male or female, they did their job manually, like in those old movies with the operators sitting at a massive switchboard, pulling out the cords from one hole and plugging it into another, just as you imagined Ernestine doing it in those Lily Tomlin routines. Our town wasn't big enough to have a direct dialing system, so local phones had a handle at the side, not a rotary dial with numbers and holes to put your finger or pencil into at the front. In this local telephone exchange, my dad and the operators would see a light on the board when someone wanted to call another number, and he'd say, Number, please. The subscriber replied and hopefully reached the wanted party. I wonder if the scientist Alexander Graham Bell ever dreamed that people would one day walk down the street holding a modified version of the device he invented in the 1800s. He's probably smiling down on us, watching with pride or with pity, maybe at times in disbelief at what's going on across the world he changed for our communication habits. He changed them forever. Love them or hate them, the smartphone has become our third arm, our constant companion we can't seem to put down. While Bell could only marvel at the transformation of his original idea for a telephone, he might not be so impressed at how they've come to dominate our every waking moment and often our sleeping moments as well. It's a subject that can divide us, even putting up an invisible wall among family and friends, dining out together. I'm sure you've seen it when you've gone to a restaurant. Not much conversation with who these people came in with. Even if we do talk face-to-face, any embarrassing moments of silence are easily filled by stroking our phone and checking the latest message or moment. And while still used to communicate in the way they were originally designed, the phone is a shield for many who want to talk but are afraid of speaking their mind face to face. How often have you made an excuse for not wanting to go to work or getting out of some other awkward situation and found the phone an easier way to convey your message? It's not only easier but safer to pick up the phone, allowing you to keep your distance in more ways than one. Thousands of people in cities and towns around the world do it every day when they reach for the phone, ready to air their views on a variety of subjects. 
Yes, they're the lifeblood of talkback radio shows. I hosted these programs when I worked with the ABC in Australia, often amazed at how well the callers joined in the conversation, expressing their views in a clear and forthright way before the unseen audience, listening at home or in their cars. Some certainly speak more clearly than others, but when the subject is of particular interest and they have a definite view, they're often running forward with few, if any, inhibitions about speaking not just to the radio host, but to the millions of listeners. Imagine if that unseen audience suddenly appeared outside the kitchen window with their faces pressed against the glass. For the caller, it might be an entirely different experience. Yet for many people, talking on the telephone can be terrifying. They wouldn't consider calling a talkback show because any conversation on the phone takes a mighty effort. The moment they push that first button, the heart beats faster, the perspiration starts running and all the other symptoms of fear take over to prevent any clear, natural speech, no matter how short a call. The same preparation for speaking in front of an audience is just as important for anyone wanting to avoid repeats of this debilitating experience over the phone. Whatever the purpose of the call, to speak to the owner of an item for private sale, for example, or to make an appointment with the doctor, the butterflies start taking off. Instead of speaking naturally, they become tongue-tied, and the person at the other end of the line becomes somewhat confused and often irritated, adding to the communication chaos. Panic can also set in when the caller is confronted with an automatic voice answering device, asking to leave a message. Rather than leave that message, the person simply hangs up, and the whole exercise has been of no benefit to either party, wasting the confused caller time and money. If you have a problem like this, take a couple of minutes for preparation. Make a few notes about what you want to say. That can save a great deal of time and effort. Visualise the conversation with deep breathing and breathing for speech, as explained in Episode 4, Taming the Butterflies. I know from personal anecdotes, talking on the phone for people whose mother tongue is not English after moving to a mainly English-speaking country can be daunting, especially when seeking customer help or making an appointment. It's the same for native English speakers as well, when they go to a country where they don't have the local language skills either. While there's always help with our smartphone's built-in translator apps, at some point we need that one-to-one -one communication. It's all part of the journey of speaking naturally, improving your skills along the way. Like bumps in the road, we might have some setbacks, but take them in your stride, go at your own pace, and go back to the start of this podcast series to review the earlier episodes. Next week, the accent will be on accents. I look forward to joining you then. In the meantime, practice what you've learned every day and you'll be more relaxed and confident in your communication with others. Before winding up this episode, here are two more quick relaxation tips while you're waiting to speak, especially when you've been put on hold by an operator 
and it seems they'll never come back. You may have seen horses do this, so it's literally straight from the horse's mouth. Blow from your mouth, like a horse, the air rattling against the inside of your cheeks, like this. And here's another. Pop the air through your mouth, like this. It helps relax you and your vocal cords any time in any situation. If one pop or blow is loud enough, you might even get the attention of that operator who's been keeping you on hold for far too long. But when they do come back, you won't bite their head off in anger because you'll know how to speak to them calmly and more confidently. It's all part of speaking naturally. I'm Edwin Ma. Many thanks for listening and bye for now.